Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. James Forcillo, the uh, Toronto police officer who's been uh, charged with second-degree murder and the death of Sammy Atim on a streetcar July 27, 2013, uh, he waits, the country waits for the jury to make the decision on um, on whether he's guilty or not guilty. There are a number of charges. And the judge, after the jury had deliberated for a day before they started their second day of deliberation, the judge called the uh, jury back into the courtroom to provide clarification and make some changes in his charge to the jury. We continue to wait. David Butt, uh, former um, Crown attorney in Canada, a criminal lawyer in Toronto, and contributes to this program. We much appreciate that. Is with us, Dave. Thank you very much, uh, as always, for the time. Uh, this this jury, they're facing a really significant decision they have to make. Not only is it a murder trial, you're talking about a police officer, and there's, if there's a guilty verdict, it's the first time ever for a Toronto police officer to be found guilty for uh, something he did while on duty. So there's that. Plus, there's the the change in the charges to the jury by the judge going into the second day of deliberation. This this jury is facing some significant challenges. Uh, are you surprised they're not back yet? Not at all, uh, Roy. The um, excuse me, uh, jury, as you correctly mentioned, have have a large number of issues to consider in a case that uh, has uh, far-reaching implications across the country. And legally, it's complicated, too. Even if it didn't have far-reaching implications across the country, it certainly has a lot of legal complications that make their task particularly tricky. What are the options that the jury has beyond guilty or not guilty? Or is it that cut and dried for a jury? The judge has left manslaughter with the jury. And uh, that's uh, often left with a jury in murder cases as something of a compromise verdict. Frankly, uh, neither side in this case wanted it left. And it's difficult, really, to see uh, how there is much uh, middle ground here. But nonetheless, the, uh, the, the trial judge, in his wisdom, uh, left that compromise option with the jury, and we'll have to see what they do with it. Most people know the details of what happened that night, or at least understand what the, what's been reported on what happened on that, that night on the streetcar. What's your, what what caught your interest particularly, and what in the trial itself um, had you thinking? What 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 really stood out to you, Dave? Yeah, well, the um, this is a unique case, apart altogether from the fact that it's a police officer charged with murder. It's unique in that the heart of the case, according to both the prosecution and the defense, is video evidence. So what we have is a jury. Uh, interpreting that video evidence uh, it, to a degree that we rarely ever see in our courts and certainly have not seen in such a high-profile case. So video evidence and how you interpret it is really going to drive the result in this case. Is there a chance that the jury may not be able to reach a, a decision? And if so, then what? I, I, I know the chance exists, but is there in the mind of you, the former Crown Attorney, the criminal lawyer now, do you consider that a possibility? And, and if, in fact, it happens, then what? Yes, uh, it certainly is a possibility because, as I said, with the video evidence being at the core, uh, nonetheless, the 
parties have presented lots of additional evidence to help the jury interpret what they see on the video. So it becomes a very difficult interpretation exercise. And part of the difficulty is one of the things they have to figure out is what's going on in the mind of the accused person, Officer Forsillo, when he fired those shots. Did he fear for his life and did he fear for his life reasonably? And so all of those issues being very, very close. I mean, this is a very close case. It could go either way. Uh, and when you have a close case like that, the possibility of some jurors going one way and some jurors going the other certainly does exist. So we call that a hung jury if the, if the jurors are not able to make a decision. And if there is a hung jury, then the only option is a retrial. Now, the Crown could say, we're not going to retry this case, but frankly, that would never happen in a situation like this. So the only option if the jury is truly hung is a retrial. Run the whole thing all over again. Forsillo well, uh, was the only officer who fired. He's also known, according to media reports, to be one of the few officers who drew his weapon, uh, drew his pistol while on duty as often as he did. How does that play in the mind of the jury? Does that does that affect them significantly? That I'm looking for maybe one or two pieces of information they absorb, they take with them into the jury room, and it stays with them. Yes, I, I would hope that that piece of information would not weigh heavily with the jury. And the reason is this. Uh, somebody may or may not have done things in the past, but a criminal trial is always focused very carefully on what they did in the circumstances of this particular case. And we want to be very careful about judging people by their past because people can act differently than their past. And the burden is always on the prosecution to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this particular act was a crime. Not that he's done things in the past, but that this particular act is. So my hope is that that would not be a weighty consideration for the jury. In the 30 seconds we have left, is there something that has particularly disturbed you, concerned you, left you puzzled perhaps about this trial? No, I think that uh, both sides have really gone to the mat. They've uh, vigorously presented their respective interpretations of uh, what happens. Certainly it's a tragedy and certainly it's very unique that an officer on duty uh, faces a murder charge. There are competing considerations both ways, and as I say, the jury has a, uh, a tough task to discharge. And there are implications nationally. Yes, uh, people all over in the policing community and, of course, in the uh, um, civilian community who are interested in police-community relations, everybody's watching this case closely. And uh, no matter what the verdict is, there's going to continue to be a lot of discussion afterwards. Yeah, Dave, thank you so much for the time. My pleasure, Roy. David Butt, criminal lawyer in Toronto, former Crown attorney on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network now. When we come back, a car dealership in Prince Edward Island poked fun at women drivers. They erected a billboard which read, Women are like snowflakes. They can't drive. A female garage owner in Toronto took exception and set up her own billboard which read, Mellish Motors, My Canada Includes Respect for Women. Hashtag Women Can Drive. Well, I contacted Mr. John Mellish, the dealership owner in PEI, and he'll be joining us when we come back. You'll hear the story, and then I'm going to turn you into a jury, and you can tell me where whether you think it's lighten up or tighten up. You know, it's people taking things too seriously, or is this a serious issue? Stay with us. <laughs> 